Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I'm doing another interview this week. I have a very special guest, um, physical therapist and myofascial release therapist, Dr. Jessica Papa. She has a podcast called Stay Healthy New England, and she also is the author of Conquering Mystery Pain and the owner of Arancia Physical Therapy. So Dr. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Did I miss any of your credentials or information? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Heather, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here and you got everything just right. Uh, Everything was spot on. Great. Uh, I'm a PT. I specialize in the John Barnes approach to my fascial release and I am just loving every minute of it. Not a day feels like work. So I'm excited to be on and, and chat. That's the best. I love that. I love hearing that. So tell me a little bit about your practice. Do you, are you a single practitioner? Do you have a clinic? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, sure. I actually did start as concierge. So I'd go to homes. This was about five years ago. And meanwhile, you know, doing the hustle on the side, full-time mm-hmm. job somewhere else. And then it just grew like wildfire. I ended up printing a little space and it was just me, one woman show. Fast forward a few years. I have a team of four now. So we've got myself as a therapist who's kind of stepping back to part-time and I have a full-time MFR therapist who's also a PT and it's working out better than I could have ever hoped for because we can help more people and, you know, just get in the patients that really are looking for what we specialize in. Yeah, that's so awesome. How long have you been doing myofascial release? So I started in 2013 with my first of many fascial pelvis I can't even remember how many times I've taken that class. I think I've um, taken it six times, so no yeah, shame in that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I've been going since, and I, you know, I'm excited to still feel like a beginner and <laughs> like just keep taking classes and getting treated myself. And yeah, it's fun. Like you started in 2013 with fascial pelvis, like my favorite class. And then now you have a thriving practice and you employ four people. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yep. It's like, the best yeah. feeling being able, being able to give somebody like a job and just like growing a team and realizing like my new role and my new passion is trying to like develop my staff as people aside mm-hmm. from their job. But one of my marketing girls like wants to write a book. So she's picking my brain and it's been fun to see where she's at and see your progress with that. And there's all these different avenues of, you know, the people that I get to work with. Yeah. See them develop. So fun. Let's talk about your book a little bit. Yeah. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So Conquering Mystery Pain, How My Fascial Release Can Help Heal You. It came out of, you know, a place of a couple of different places, actually wanting to help my patients understand better, like what it is, this journey that they're about to embark on. A lot of people had 
sort of followed me over from a more traditional setting. And it was really a great way to sort of somewhat appease their left brain with all the questions about what is fascia. So that's in there, but then also the holistic right brain, that feeling intelligent side of the work. And for them to kind of hear my experiences too, that that I've gone through as a person and it blends with the work. It's not really like just MFR therapist, right? It's just life. Like it just kind of explodes into your whole world. Yes. It's actually like one of my best tools to send to a person who we've chatted to that might be interested in signing up, but they're nervous and skeptical as they should be. Mm -hmm. And um, we send that for free and we just sort of ask them to read some sections that pertain to what they're you know, calling in about. And it works so well because they start to feel like they understand it better and they trust us to make sure that we're the right fit for them because we're not the right fit for everybody, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just like anything else, right? Like, yes, we think MFR is for everybody, but some patients are maybe better fit with a different clinic or whatever they're looking for. I think it's so awesome. You have this tool that you can give out to people. It's an easy read and they can be like, Oh, do I identify with this? Is this something that I even want? How do I need it? Or what is it for? That's awesome. So many people have a hard time even explaining what myofascial release is. So I think for my audience or people that are listening, which are people building their MFR businesses and growing as practitioners, like get Jessica's book. Like this could be one of those key things that you could have on hand that you could loan out to people or just give it away for free or whatever you're willing to do to educate your patients. I think that's like an awesome tool to have. Absolutely. And while you're at it, start writing your own book because exactly it'll work even better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that hard to get published. You know, there's so many ways to do it. And, and we all have our own stories of how we got into this work and why we're in, in it and what is possible with MFR. And if we tell our own stories and we continue to get them out there, it's only going to become more and more inevitable that more and more people are going to be getting MFR. And my goal as the MFR coach is to create the opportunity for people to be running businesses that are so successful that MFR is just on every street corner. Like you can access it as easy as you can access a massage or physical therapy or the chiropractor. It's just what is part of all of our communities. That would be amazing. I am loving that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is getting a lot better. I notice with people that call in who have heard about it and have an understanding more so than like a soft tissue massage explanation of it. So that's been really cool to see. And some doctors even writing it on scripts. Love it. So good. So good. So in the vein of that, I think, you know, we have this growing community of myofascial release therapists, more and more therapists are actually seeking out their own treatment. We had kind of talked before we were recording about this idea of therapists supporting therapists. And sometimes what comes along with that is people not understanding that there are plenty of bodies for everyone. And like, we're really not in competition with each other at all ever. And the more support we can give to each other, the faster our community can grow, the faster we can get on this mission of seeing MFR on every street corner in America and across the world, right? So you had an interesting story or you were noticing kind of a pattern and some things happening where you're at. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today, kind of about this idea of horizontal hostility within within the MFR community. So let's talk about it. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like there's so many people to treat, but how could we as one clinic treat everybody as one thought? 
Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't. And we're just not the type of clinic that treats every single condition because I'm not good at everything. <laughs> you know, that's why we specialize. And, you know, if they're not sort of what we specialize in, then we happily refer them out. And, you know, on the other note, if I was really good at everything, I'd probably be just as burnt out as I was when I started in a traditional setting and I wouldn't be helping anybody really at yeah. that case. And I right. think people kind of forget like what that's like you know, if you have your own practice now and you're getting patients in who've already kind of done that and you might feel the pressure yourself like to take more patients, take more patients. But what about the ones that you just took on that you kind of need to see through their plan and, and not just do a quick monthly session, but literally get them to a specific goal and then do tune-ups. Yeah. Like don't put everybody on maintenance just because that's all you can get in. Right. Exactly. And are you charging a rate that sustains your business and your body so that you aren't feeling that need to have to take every client that comes through your door. Exactly. When you're in that kind of energy, like that graspiness or neediness energy of like, I have to pay my bills. I have to pay my bills. I have to pay my bills. And that's all you're focusing on. Like you're focusing on yourself and not on your patients. And that's just something totally different. I've never felt that. And I feel like I've always had enough patience. Mm -hmm. Even when I just began it, it was always enough. And if you're doing what you believe in and you, mm-hmm. you're, you know, your work is, is authentic, people will come. There's yeah. normal lulls, but. The, yeah. And that's just the here. nature of business, right? Like you can't always be like on this trajectory of like straight up, <laughs> just like with healing. It's like, it's up and down, up and down. Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I think making decisions on purpose and also deciding like with that thought of like, there's plenty of patience and I have enough of everything I need, you know, like that is a purposeful thought that likely creates a feeling of confidence and contentment within your body. So then you're not freaking out when you have a low week or a low month or when you're not fully busy. So I'm at the point where, I mean, when we have patients, I'm excited to share them with our therapists that we just started here, our new MFR therapist. Like I'm excited to build her caseload and yeah. my day when someone's like, can I see the new therapist? I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> Cause you know, now I can help somebody that has a pelvic condition that she doesn't treat or. Yeah. Well, and that, differently. the women's health work is so needed and I don't know. It's amazing. I just love that. That's what you guys are doing. And that's become my passion so fast. I think it's so valuable and I'm actually, my second book is going to be out in hopefully early October. Oh yeah. Um, and it's called postpartum is forever. And it's, it's all about pelvic work and obviously can talk a lot about my fascia release too, but mm-hmm. majority of patients I see are told that it won't help and that they should just, you know, get injections or Botox or a surgery. And it's so disheartening. Wear a diaper. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you know, my common patient who's in the baby boomer age range, they're waiting till they're relying on pads for every day. And it's yeah. like their daughters that are coming in sooner. Yeah. Like, oh, like my mom, they'll say, or I'm like, right. Well, I'm like, what if more women our age and younger are just like, it's just normal for them to go to a John Barnes trained myofascial release therapist who's trained in women's health for that pelvic evaluation, both before, during, and after pregnancy and for continued maintenance, because absolutely like, your pelvic floor is so important. Let's it's so important. It's so that's my message of the the entire book is literally reiterating that over and over again. Yeah. Um, because it's sad that a lot of people have no idea or they're just uncomfortable to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I want that to change more than anything. You know, we shouldn't be coming up with these like catchphrase terms for 
vulva and vagina, like those are the terms. Like, yeah. You know, yes. We don't need to call them other, you know. Yeah. They don't need cutesy, smootsy names. Like yeah. all women have a vulva and a vagina, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of women don't even know the difference. That is sad. Some calls on our Instagram yeah. and most people don't know. Yeah. So a lot of education goes into it. Just like I would educate in an MFR session too, because I think when people understand it, they just sort of trust the process more, mm-hmm. uh, which is another reason the book is helpful because they've again, kind of read through it already Yeah. by the time they come in. That's awesome. I love it. That's going to be so helpful. And everybody listening, like stay tuned for that book to come out because that will be another tool that is so helpful to educate your clients. And like, you don't have to recreate the wheel. Jessica has already written it. That's awesome. So helpful. Okay. So you contacted me a couple weeks ago and we chatted a little bit about a situation that you were noticing kind of coming up more and more between other therapists, like would find out your prices. And then there would be kind of this like withdraw of sending clients to you because of your price or what, or whatever. Why don't you tell the audience like a little more about what the situation was and then we'll we'll ask some questions. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So this happened somewhat recently. There were, you know, some MFR therapists that I had been seeing for about three years, maybe more, and sent a lot of clients over the years that I still treat now. They're just, again, like those tune-up clients, they've done well, met all their goals, as has she. And I think somehow or another, you know, because I keep people at whatever rate they start at. Okay. I just, something that I do. That's um, really generous. He was at like half the discount at the rate of what I am at now. Yeah. I'm at 297 is okay. my hourly rate. All right. So, you know, she overheard or some client or something shared what the rate is. And I think like her own personal stuff sort of spilled out. I, I still treat that client. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fine with it. And she just kind of hit the pause button and feels like I should lower the rates and take more patients. There's more people to help. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, like I appreciate the feedback. It's nothing personal. I don't take it personal at all. I think that's just where this particular therapist is at and their own journey. And maybe that's where they'll stay and that's fine. But for me, you know, I just explain, yeah, I don't want to be again, a one size fits all clinic. This is what we specialize in. The price is based on the value that we deliver. And it really has, nothing to do with trying to get everybody through the door. It's trying to get people that I know we can help. Yeah. Well, you're not like a, just an everyday run of the mill. You're not a mill first right. of all, first and foremost. And second of all, yeah, like it's very specialized treatment costs a lot to learn this therapy and to keep right. so up to date on all of the skills and to keep your skills sharp. So, and irregardless of that. So let me just get this story straight. You are treating another MFR therapist and also treating referrals from this therapist or somehow like the patient, you guys have a common patient. Yeah. Common patient found out your new prices, but isn't even being charged those still continues to see you. But the MFR therapist that made the referral had a problem with your prices. Right. And said you should charge less and just be more willing to see more people. Exactly. And then stop seeing you for treatment. Only part that wasn't quite right is that the referral was at my new rate because I had never seen them before. Oh, okay. They still come here. Okay. Is at my old, old rate of 150, which is probably, I don't know her rates, but she's, you know, massage therapist. The rates are a little bit different and that's been another 
thing that as a clinic, we've had to kind of explain that we're not the same, you know, you're not doing massage. Yeah. And so, and even massage therapists that are doing MFR could charge 297. It literally has nothing to do with your degree. Like where our MFR training is all the same. And without, yeah, without like, you know, knocking anybody or what they do, it's just, I don't want to have those rates because you could go to a massage and get, and people don't know. Yeah. To that. Right. Exactly. Well, and I coach a lot of people on this because like, and it's all people like massage therapists, OTs, PTs, like I've coached all the, (laughs) all the modalities now. And it just does come back to people's money stories. Whatever our money story is, is going to be reflected in our behavior. A lot of times when we're dealing with money and I think this is the problem. This is why we're talking about this. Okay. What you charge, what I charge, what anyone else charges, like literally does not matter. No, doesn't matter. An outcome, what people want and exactly. They value what you value. Yeah. And if you refer someone to someone else, it is also not your responsibility to know their rate, understand it, or relay it to your client. It's a choice for your client to make. Right. You're referring out for a reason because your skill set has ended and another skill set has began. Otherwise, you would have never referred out. Exactly. So my thing is, is like why I call this like a horizontal hostility is, is that we all have the same mission and we can either fight against each other and make comments about each other's prices or whatever, or we can all just agree that we get to charge whatever the hell we want. We get to run our individual businesses however we want. Like we do, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. It's your choice if you're going to charge for a massage. It's your choice if you want to be on more of like an average setting and you're just comfortable charging $60 an hour and you don't want to make money. That's fine. Right. But there are some pretty badass women that I'm seeing more and more and men that are deciding to charge so that they can earn a living outside of their practice. And you're not just spending your life on a hamster wheel, producing amazing results for people, but you have a life outside of that. And that's what's important. (laughs) And I think like everybody's different in terms of where they see their businesses and where they want to get to in terms of growth of the business. And Mm -hmm. I think that comes into the picture too, because I'm not, you know, at the place in my practice where I just want to be stuck in the treatment room. I want to grow. And like I said, my fun now is training staff and sending them to seminars and then coming back and doing co-treats and being, having that as a service and expanding that way to help people, you know, that we, and that's amazing. And if you're charging $60 an hour or hundred dollars an hour, even 150, like you wouldn't be able to pay them for these other people's right educations. Like that's a huge investment. Like you're making a huge investment into this amazing clinic that you're creating that you've, you have created it. And I just want to say really quick, cause this comes up a lot too. Like I'm just treating rich people. My patients are not rich by any means. Like they sacrifice other things to make this a priority. They've already tried a lot of other therapies before they come here. So even the insurance, like for us, you can't submit, but most of them have already maxed it out doing other things and, right. and they just want to feel better. They want an outcome. So by the time they get here, I mean, they're all in and price too sometimes helps to let the patients be a little bit more proactive with what we're having them do. And, and they're, mm-hmm. they're really bought in, like they want yeah. it to work. 
they're not going to just neglect what you ask them to do or they're just Mm -hmm. explain. Yeah. (laughs) No, I get, I totally get that idea behind that. Like you're way bought in, you know, like maybe this is something way out of something you would normally pay for. But I think my question would be is like, who cares even if you did only treat rich people? Like at what point, like, why does that even matter? It doesn't. And if it's coming up for people, like that is something that they should question and get coached on get some help, like get, get your money story resolved because it's not doing you any good to also be putting down the therapists that are charging whatever they want. Like, I think when I hear your rate, I think that's so badass. And I hope other people hear that and they see what is possible. You are an inspiration for what is possible in this industry and in this arena of myofascial release therapists. You have the same training that everybody else that's gone to the same seminars as you has right? You just have the idea and the audacity to charge what you want. And to your credit, you know, I have a coach, so anybody could benefit from a coach. And that's how I got my confidence. And because of course I was nervous about, Oh my God, how could I charge X, Y, Z like three, four years ago? I, this is terrible. Like I couldn't even (laughs) have charging over, you know, my rate. But I was had all those thoughts too. Yeah, I did too. I was my own worst enemy. And I realized, you know, how much better I was able to help people and get them on the appropriate plan of care. And, you know, I started offering things like packages and incentives for people to kind of save a little bit. So we do stuff like that too. Yeah. Payment plans. I mean, it doesn't really happen often, but it's an option for people. Yeah. I love it. So smart. And it's so smart that you got coached, right? Like it's evident in how you're running your practice, right? Because you're making amazing decisions like on purpose to create what you want for a long-term future goal while also employing people. And I bet you pay them really well because you can. It's true. And you'll be so shocked by like how far you'll grow personally as well as professionally having a coach because being in business is kind of a lonely world. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you have all these patients coming for help, but like you don't have as many outlets to run ideas off of. And it's just kind of just you. I wholeheartedly support the coaching thing and wouldn't be where I am if I didn't do that myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very, very smart. And, you know, like I'm not the only coach out there. There's lots of people that coach. I just specifically coach MFR therapists, right? So I have like more skin in the, that business game, I guess, or like, I know the ins and outs of it, but it literally like, wouldn't necessarily matter what kind of a coach you hired. Right. Like we don't learn any business. Even if you go to business school, you don't really learn business. (laughs) No, not the kind of business that relates to real life. Yeah. And it is, I think when you choose a modality that is outside the normal realms of like, what is commonplace, like MFR, you're already isolating yourself because you've picked something that no one else is doing. Likely you're the only one in the town or the only one for hours away, or you're lucky that there's another therapist with you. And now you've created the ability for there to be four in the same building. That just blows my mind, like to have the comfort in the numbers and like you get to talk to each other about the same thing and like nerd out all day. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And, And the numbers, like all of our staff, everybody knows the numbers that I know. And I bring them into that too, because I want them to be confident about having a money conversation and why hide it? I mean, it is what it is. It's yeah. numbers and, and we track it all and we mm-hmm. you know, make sure that 
People can hold a conversation on the phone with somebody even for 20 minutes and really get to know the person. Most people call in and they're like telling you stuff without even telling you their name. It blows my mind still. It happened today. I'm like, oh, Casey didn't catch it. Um, Jess, so it's your name. <laughs> it almost like stops them in their tracks. Like, oh, you care to know my name? Well, yes, I do. Yeah. Who am I talking to? Yeah. You know? And so I love it. It's just so-, so trained in other places to just, oh, I have this insurance. I have X, Y, Z. Do I qualify to come in if I have these things? Am I checking yeah. your boxes? And you're more like, okay, as a person, like I would like to know at least your name. And then How are you today? Yeah. <laughs> what's <laughs> going on with you? And what do you want from me? Like, what is your yeah. goal so that I can help you get there? Exactly. Well, once you get people talking and they don't feel like you're, only going to give them two minutes. It goes great. Yeah. I love it. Well, and that's the biggest difference between like what you do and what like a typical PT clinic would do. Typical PT clinics want to get as many people in and as many people out and as many insurance claims filed as possible. Don't touch patients if you don't have to, and just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be off it. Yeah. I'm not a physical therapy, but I always wanted to be a physical therapist growing up. And then when I was in college, it was kind of starting to become a saturated market. So I decided to do social work of all things before I got into this. And sometimes I look back at that and I'm like, that was a smart choice because I'm still doing exactly what I want to be doing, you know, without the PT degree, like the degree doesn't matter, but also like, I love that people that have the PT degree are also like, Hey, wait a minute. I don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. And I'm willing to now make this other huge investment in this other whole other education in this MFR seminars, take it all, not only that, but like take it multiple times and then pay for other people to do the training. Like that's amazing. Absolutely. One of the best things of having other MFR therapists here is just expanding on our, our own practice with each other, um, you know, doing co-treats, setting up one of my therapists will be to be taking fascial pelvis in a few months, somewhat local over here in New York, mm-hmm. you know, and just like when they come back, like they're so much more rejuvenated and centered and grounded. And I think that's so important to have in a practice so that nobody gets rusty and conceited or like, like I know it already. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. People are like walking the walk, talking the talk, like getting the therapy for themselves and following through. Cause you can take all the seminars and never get treatment. And I don't want to be treated by you then. (laughs) Like I want the therapist that's like worked on their own shit and like has come through and knows, you know, knows what it's like to walk through that fire and to go through a healing crisis. And when you're willing to do those things, your patients are going to be more willing to do those things. Oh, 100%. What does John say? You can only take a patient as far as you think. It's so true though, because you just sort of have that, not understanding, but yeah, in a sense, like you you really can kind of sympathize with what they've been through, but also help them just be in the moment and not brush past it because it might be uncomfortable or the case. You've kind of experienced it all or seen it all by the time you've been through a lot of treatment yourself. And so then when you do experience it in the treatment room where you're the therapist, you aren't as afraid to run towards that fire or that body that's flying off the table. You know, it's just like, oh, caught you with one arm, no problem. <laughs> and that's one of my most exciting things about like having our own space with just private rooms. We don't even have a gym here. So patients can get loud. They can do whatever they need to do, you know, to express themselves. 
Yeah. I don't know. The walls are, you know, padded and insulated. So yeah, awesome. um, I love it. So what would you say to those newer therapists out there or the therapists that maybe find out your prices and they, maybe they don't say anything out loud, but they're totally judging it within themselves. Like, what would you say to them? Like, I'm assuming it'd be the same thing you would say to your, like in hindsight, looking back at how you were before you decided to make such baller moves, but you tell me what you say. To patients or to a colleague? To your colleagues. Yeah. No, I just kind of take a second and let it sink in and I'll just sort of reflect it back on them. Like, well, how does that make you feel? You know, and see what they say. Because mm-hmm. it is internal. It, it is totally an external, you know, reaction of how they personally feel. And when it comes to money, like you said, everybody has their own sort of way that they think and feel about it. And I think it is deep rooted from a young age. Maybe you didn't grow up with a lot of money or maybe you had to hoard it or they're all different reasons. But, yeah. you know, I think that the emotion really comes into it. I think people make decisions based on the emotion of how they feel, mm-hmm. which can really hold people back sometimes. But it all comes back to, again, like what would you want for yourself? If you're not receiving an outcome, you've tried it one way. What's to say this way wouldn't work and wouldn't be the right way. Yeah. You know, you had a bad experience playing cash somewhere. I sometimes I ask that. Yeah, totally. Um, I think too, like John always says, like, no matter how far down the road you've gone, like you can always turn around. And I think same way with whatever our belief systems are with money and with whatever other therapists are charging when we can feel triggered about it. It doesn't have to continue to be the story. There is help out there. Also realize that like whatever someone else's price is, is just a circumstance and circumstances are neutral until you have a thought about it. And that's where all the feelings and things are triggered in. And then like your actions and ultimately your results come from. So if you are judging somebody else, you're likely judging yourself against that too. Right. And I try to get a sense of like, well, what is it that you value in a clinic? Like what is really important to you? Is it a one-on-one relationship with your therapist? Is it the amount of time you get? Is it that, you know, everybody's friendly and knows you and, and welcomes you in? Um, is it consistency amongst therapists and sessions? Is it, you know, cause that also helps kind of get a sense of what their expect expectations are and, and what they're sort of maybe comparing it against. And mm-hmm. personally, I pay out of pocket for most things for most of my medical visits. So I don't, you know, I choose my own dentist. They're a private place. I, like doing that and I can resonate with it. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of power when you are the purchaser and not the insurance company, like you get to make all of the choices. I think we're raised up in an environment where, oh shoot, you don't have insurance. Like you're screwed. What are you going to do instead of like, I don't need insurance. Like I figure out how to figure these things out, you know, aside from like maybe a catastrophe type insurance or whatever, but when you are paying cash, like I pay for a lot of things cash-based too, I think being a part of this MFR community and getting so much MFR therapy and like it's always been cash-based, like that's just what you do. So then you think of things right. in a totally different way. So, But still, it never seems to amaze me that like when you're at a seminar and it's like everybody is so weird when they want to talk about money. It's like you can kind of get a feel for for everybody's held in beliefs in a sense of you might get the eyebrow raise or you might get just like something. I'm like, why? Like just yeah. 
do your well, own thing. <laughs> I know. Well, and I thought I was like scandalous when I was like, well, I want to help a hundred people in the next year create practices that earn them over a hundred thousand dollars in their businesses. And it's like, oh no, like people are going to be so mad at me that I want to do that. But like, if I do that and people create a hundred therapists, create those businesses for themselves, it doesn't just end at one year. Like that's forever and ever and ever. And that's just the beginning what is your life like? And what do you do? What are you contributing to into the world when you have enough money and the sustainability for your life? And you're not part of the system and you're not living paycheck to paycheck and you're one catastrophe away from losing your car or your home. And you're still out there trying to serve patients at the best level. Like there's a totally different sufficiency level there. That's just going to ripple through energetically, like throughout the world. So I get all jazzed up about it. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. I mean, why should you want to achieve and make money and have a thriving practice and serve people? And those are all good things. Yeah. Yeah. But I might have to up my idea though. Maybe, you know, a hundred thousand dollars just isn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a starting point, everybody. We do also work with the people that want to earn even more. Like, honestly, it all comes down to maybe just stepping back and peeling back the layers to get an understanding of what you want for yourself and your practice. It's so easy to have all the patients in the world. But again, like, do you want to be stuck treating them as a, you know, one therapist show? If you do, that's great. Or do you want to work a little bit less and feel energized when you get home and, you know, and have a team or not? And and sometimes it's hard to decide that without knowing who you want to help. Who do you see yeah. coming in through your doors? It just seems like literally from four years ago when I started the practice, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I was just helping. And you've grown all this in four years, like mm-hmm. for what it is now. It's amazing. Yep. How, many patients, more space? Yeah. How <laughs> many patients do you guys see a week? Do you think? It's actually just doubled with our new therapist. So we're about 45 to 50 a week before, you know, I was like, I felt tired after 25 Yeah. You know, at first for 90 minutes, sometimes a session, an hour a session, it's a long day, Yeah. you know, and then doing all of the numbers and all of that after. Yeah. yeah. Cause so, it doesn't just end. You don't just walk away when you are the CEO of the business. Like nope. you have to work on your business too, in addition to working. Absolutely. In it, so. And so now I don't work Fridays. I, I literally just, you know, like you said, work on it and, and do all the bookkeeping and mm-hmm. planning. And I'll be stepping out full time in a few months. So I'll be having my first baby. So oh, congratulations. Over my patients and it's nice. Yeah. That nobody will have to stop their care. Yeah. And that's amazing that you've set it up that way just by making decisions on purpose, following through, planning, like holding a bigger vision for yourself. And not and don't get me wrong, it took forever to find a, an MFR <laughs> therapist. Yeah. Uh, it took me like a solid two years to find somebody. I, I had a few that I trialed out that actually had taken some John Barnes classes, but they were used to just like following what I would write on the note from the last time. Like, that's not what you need to do this time. And it just yeah, never got to be able to think for yourself, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them were PT assistants and I think they're just so used to just looking at the last note and doing it. And that's just not how this works. No, not at all. And I think you as the CEO of your business and really holding to that gold standard or creating your own gold standard of like what you're willing to 
let fly in your clinic and what you're not is really important because that consistency of care, right? Like you don't care about just seeing the body get through the clinic. You want them to have that result that they're coming for, even if they don't even know quite what they want. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna make sure she they get brought it. up a good point because um, one of the girls that works here at the front desk, she's awesome actually. She's been here a little over a year, but she's so good at now identifying with the person on the phone. If they just want a quick fix, we have like seven or to ten places we'll send them to. Love it. We know it's. If you can get somebody in chronic pain better in three visits, that's freaking amazing. I don't know anybody. It's just, you know, it's not your jam. Better. It's just yeah. not the ultimate. How are they going to get to their goal? It's going to come back. And I'm so over the quick fix stuff. And it takes away a, an opening for somebody that is on a plan of care that needs that specific consistency. You try to see people three times a week, and there's only so many openings. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I love it. I was just, I just did a training um, last week on helping people to become fully booked. And, you know, one of the things I talked about is how you need to be able to sell a plan of care and follow through on the plan of care. And also like know your reasons behind it, not just because I want to get fully booked because <laughs> like, I want to get people fully better. And it's never just six treatments or it's never just one treatment. And if you ask really good questions and you really get to understand and you connect with them, like another human you're going to be able to sell whatever you're selling to them because they understand what it is that they're buying and right. they are bought in. They have this comfort to buy. And also it's not just six and then we're done and like, yay, we did it and we're done. Yeah. Never have to talk about this again. If you go to like your clinic, it's three times a week, probably for several weeks or several months. If you go to Malvern or therapy on the rocks, it's usually an intensive. I think it's pretty rare that people just come in for one ofs, you know, and that's why they do like a half massage, half. I've never seen anyone get that, but like that's 30 hours of care because they know in 30 hours they can provide a transformation. Right. And you know, with how you sell your plans of care that you're going to create a transformation at some point along that road. Exactly. Yeah. So. And I think the thing like for the people listening, the um, other MFR therapists to remember is like, we're only doing what we were taught and like how this approach works best is in succession. So I don't pander to my patients. Like I just, they're not coming to me for that. I literally tell them what I find in the evaluation. I give them some options, but I'm just straight up about it. I don't put any emotion into it because they can go to their family for that part. Like yeah. They make the decision. I give options. This is this, this is that. What would you like? And it takes most people like a second because by the time they get here, they already sort of have that trust. But at the same token, we do try to put a lot of roadblocks in the way of somebody signing up right away. Depending on how they found us and call, we really just want to make sure that they're ready. And like, yeah. again, if somebody starts and then drops off, it's taking a spot away from somebody else on the plane. We're really sticklers for that. I love that so much because yeah, it's taking away from somebody else. And also they are not understanding why they're there. Right. They're thinking it's a quick fix. Exactly. I think this too, like a lot of MFR therapists maybe like aren't quite listening all the way or aren't in their bodies at some point in a seminar. And they think because John has all these amazing stories because he has decades of experience and the energy to back it up and the results to back it up where people have had amazing healings in a treatment or two, but they're still there for the 30 hours. Right. And I think people forget that part and they think, okay, because I've been here 
and I know this, then my patient should be better in one or two treatments. And they only sell one or two treatments. If you only sell one or two, I mean, you have to sell so much and it's exhausting, especially if you're thinking about it like that, instead of like, what can we create together in six, 12, 18, 24, 36, like all of those amounts of treatments. And that should be the idea. Like, Hey, you're probably with me for a year. If you're only coming once a week. Exactly. And I tell patients too, I'm like, do you want the Cadillac resilience plan where we're going to get you your goal and we're going to, you know, make sure that you're self-sufficient at home, knowing exactly what to do. So I always like to say, like, if you're coming here, you're spending a lot of money. I want you to be extremely independent and knowing what to do at home when your body starts to talk to you again. Like it's just life. Something could happen tomorrow. You could take a fall. I want you to know what to do. Yeah. Uh, So there is sort of a, um, active participation on the table when it comes to that, where they're really tuning in and feeling and listening at the end of how do I sort of self-treat at home? But for us, like really honing in on, we're not just pain relief. That is the first phase. We want to do our best to get you out of this immediate pain, but then we want to work on, you know, this next level of care, work on your alignment and stabilization. And then we'll get to the fun stuff of strengthening, but we don't want to start with that because you're already sort of out of whack and we don't want to make it worse. You know, it's breaking it down. We draw a lot on our whiteboard so that they can understand in easy terms and making the decision easier for them. I love it. You're having them make the decision. Like you're not forcing anyone into a $40,000 investment or something with you without their consent, right? They're smart. Like our patients, because they've found us in the first place, are some of the smartest people on the planet because it's not always easy to find what you're looking for, especially if you're looking specifically for John Barnes trained MFR therapists. Note to self, everybody out there, please get on the directory because that is where it's at. (laughs) You know, people need to know where you are. Yeah, no, yeah, just along those lines is just kind of not giving somebody just one option because that feels like you're telling them what to do. I would never do that. And I wouldn't want that myself. And then it's kind of like awkward. And I've done it like that before, not knowing any better. Yeah. Um, But now I'm like, no, here's what I would do in an ideal world. But sometimes it's less than ideal. And we could do this, you know, or that. I know don't overwhelm them with dozens of options, but. Yeah, there's always options. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a whole menu. Like I always recommend that people do one, you either do hours or you do 90 minutes or you do 45 minutes, like have one option, like make it simple. Don't have four or five different set times. Like you can do whatever you want, but that's just my recommendation. Like just have hours. It's easy. Nobody cares. Somebody can buy two hours if they want more. Exactly. Yeah. We have a half hour option and nobody chooses that, but it Mm -hmm. is an option. Yeah. That's so funny. Just in case you just want to lay on the table and get right back up. (laughs) It's funny because most people drive commute at least an hour to get here. Yeah. I'm in Rhode Island, but more of my patients are out of state than in state. I love it. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's so true too. I I used to have clients that would drive three hours one way to come and see me. And it used to freak me out in the beginning. And then I was like, of course people do like, this just isn't a problem. Just like, or when we refer clients out and like someone else charges something else, it like literally is none of our business after we've made the referral. Like we don't have to worry about them. We don't have to warn them of the price. The therapist that they're going to gets to take it from there. If you let them know ahead of time what the price is and you start judging it or start freaking out about it or saying it's expensive, it's like sending someone to Target with a basket and telling them it's going to be $400 at the door. They don't even have time to put the items 
in the basket. Right. Like they don't even know what they're buying. And so you might scare them off and you might limit your client's ability to heal or to at least have the option to figure it out. Like people are so resourceful. I know the first time I hired a coach, I sold a boat because I wanted it so bad. And I didn't even know what I was buying, but like, I knew I needed it and it changed my life. So actually, you know, people can make decisions just because you're uncomfortable. Doesn't mean they still can't get themselves together and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. It's just giving somebody, you know, an option and going back a little bit, talking about the insurance thing. If this ever comes up for anybody, I know it's come up here with patients. And the way I say it is because, you know, they can't submit a super bill, but I'll always say, cause they'll ask about what their coverages are. And I have no idea. Yeah. This is so different, but I say, you know, when you call them, just ask what your out of network benefits are, but just so you know, it's their job to tell you to go somewhere and network because it's cheaper for them. They're worried about their purse, not your health. I don't say it quite as crossy, but I don't care about their purse. I care about their health, getting them better to an outcome. Yes. They're coming for an outcome and that's it. And I think a lot of patients, the more educating we can do on that, like the better, because it's so true. Like insurance companies don't care if you get better or not. They just care about paying out as little as possible. Yep. And if we did take everybody through the doors again, I'd have to go to 20 minute treatments and see three people at a time. And like, how yeah. could you go far like that? You know? Yeah. Well, and you don't save money in the long run. Like the patient doesn't save money. Like what is the cost on having your life back? I think at the end of the day, when you're in pain and you can't play with your kids or you can't go to the park or you can't go on that fishing trip, whatever it is, you can't fly across country to go to your kid's wedding. What is the price tag on that? And what, how is that even any of my business to decide what it is for somebody else? Right. So moral of the story, like MFR therapists, like let's band together and support people, whether you're just starting out or you are seeing people like Dr. Jessica, who's killing it out here and creating an amazing opportunity for her therapists and also for her patients to come in and heal. And the more people that are doing this, that are putting themselves out there, the better, like we should celebrate that. I celebrate you. I appreciate that you brought this to my attention. And I hope that whoever is listening can understand that this isn't a critique of you should think one way or the other. It's just an opportunity to open your mind and expand it and stretch and just say like, am I judging other therapists based on what they're charging? And why am I spending time doing that when I could spend time helping people? And let's just get back to helping people. That's all we want to do. Right. And you determine your own price, like not based on who else charges what. Yeah. It's totally made up number. Totally made up. own thing. Like, yeah, whatever you make it, it's yours. Yeah. And and that therapist did text saying, you know, you've helped me so much. I I can't believe how much progress. So there's no like hostility. It's just that person's beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever that is, hopefully they'll figure it out and they'll be back because it's like taking away the best thing ever to like punish you, but they're the ones getting punished. Right. Yeah. And that's sad. And I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it for anyone, you guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time today. I'm going to have links in the show notes to your podcast, to your book, and then let's be in touch and we'll add your other book when it comes out. We'll try to throw a link in there. Yeah, to thank that you too. so much, Heather. This has yeah. been great. I'm so happy to have been able to be on and share this with you and everyone else. Yeah. So awesome to talk to you today. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 
Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.